Hey everyone, on this episode of Drinks with Binks, I'm so excited to welcome in my friend and icon, Katie Nolan. You know her from ESPN's Always Late with Katie Nolan and the podcast Sports. We sip on a couple of brewskis, we discuss doing her show in quarantine, trying stand-up comedy for the first time, how the U.S. Women's National Team needs to keep fighting, and we also write jokes for one another, making fun of Boston and Canada. We also don't skimp on the tickets. Keela, you are very welcome, ESPN. Take a listen. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks, working from home slash wasted from home. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and we're still at home. This has been a, a long stretch of drinking at home, which is what I would be doing anyway during this time, regardless of what was going on. But we are all staying home to stay safe, and we hope that we can bring you some kind of entertainment and fun during this very difficult time. And for that, I am super excited to welcome in someone I've wanted on the show forever, who I've had the chance to work with before. I also consider her a friend, the one and only Katie Nolan, host of Always Late with Katie Nolan, sports, the podcast, ESPN superstar. Katie, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. What an intro, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Drinking from home is kind of my thing. So, um, I mean, it's your thing, but yeah, I do it anyway. Yeah, that's my thing. So. Don't take it from me. Yeah. I'm the alcoholic no. here, okay? I'm just honored to be invited. Yeah, well, I, I'm so glad you're able to come on here with us today because it actually works well, oddly enough, that this show, we can... Can, we can still do it exactly the same way as it was before. It's a show and we drink on it and we just talk and have a lot of fun. And although we are in quarantine right now. And before we came on air, you were showing me the talk of the town, Myrtle, your new puppy. How is life as a dog mom? I know everybody always tells you, like, I know you think dogs are cute, but they're really difficult. And you're like, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> you're not ready. Uh, it's more work than you think it's going to be. I'm also working really hard to get her trained so that when things, if things go back to normal, uh, she's not pooping and peeing in the apartment while I'm gone. So she's kind of like a full-time job. But it's also good because it's, you know, A, a source of happiness, and B, it's kept me distracted. I keep kind of forgetting that we're in quarantine every mm -hmm. now and then. So um, I'm grateful to her for that, but I'm not grateful for the pee on the floor. Yeah, and especially like living with the pee and like the poo right there. It's like mm. all one. She right? hasn't. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx oh, it. Great. But she hasn't done that here in this yet. Okay, that's huge. That's that's mm. numero uno. Uh, as we mentioned, we like to drink on the show. And Katie, what are we sipping on today? Well, I'm drinking. What's so? It's I'm at the point in my quarantine where there's just like a, a couple of everything in my fridge. So I've got some beers. I'm going to drink these. Great, same. Uh, oh, I, have, I also have a bottle of beer, too, ready. Perfect. A nondescript, non-labeled bottle Again, you can put whatever label. We give away free advertising, like it's, it's candy on the show. Uh, I only so I only have I've got a bunch of bottles, but I realized I only had two in the fridge. So I got two of okay. those. Then I have some tequila Great. in case we want to do some shots if things sure, get crazy. Right. And then there's also a, a full bottle of wine ready to go. So I'll do All whatever. Right. So sounds like this is going to be a good show. I talked to Michael Smith. He said he got absolutely blasted. So I was like, well, I got to one up him. So I'm I'm I ready like that. to go. I like that. That's the takeaway from the show. Like our guests are like, okay, I got to get more up than you did on that show and talk about it's a challenge all the great secrets but okay let's toast what, what are we toasting to katie these days well i think we should toast to uh doing our own hair and makeup and obviously to the uh to everybody that works in the medical industry who's dealing with whatever the hell is going on where they are i know it's crazy i know we all complain about our lives and their life is a lot mm -hmm. harder so we'll cheers to yes. them cheers to all of the essential workers and first responders you guys are kicking ass kicking ass with like they shouldn't be but they are it's incredible honestly it makes you just like think so much more about how we have to uh praise these people in these jobs more like what we yeah. do means literally nothing compared to people that are saving lives every single day right? yeah, teachers too like i know a lot of parents that have kids that are like oh my god my my kid's teacher i'm gonna send her the biggest yeah. gift when i when my kid goes back i can't imagine trying to teach a kid long division or like anything Ugh. that's what Anything that we don't yeah. remember because we don't use it. We don't use any of 
that in real life. Don't tell the kids, but it's really useless. Yeah. And I just remember getting in fights with my parents when I was a kid. And I'd be like, I can't do this math homework. And my mom would be like, let me try. And it's like, no, mom, you don't, you don't get it. Yeah. High school math, middle school math, all of it is like, just teach me how to add and how to do my taxes. Yeah. I don't yeah. need the other Or like stuff. how to just make money to then pay someone to do my taxes for me. So I don't have or, to do that. Or how to, yeah. Or to make my money, make more money for me. That's the thing that I'm still, I'm so, not in that tax bracket yet where it's like, uh, how do I make this into more money without doing yeah, anything? No, especially now I'm just on Amazon all the time. So there is no money coming in. And there's also no deliveries coming in because they're way delayed. I, I can't get toilet paper. Uh, you can't. Oh, yikes. I have some. I got a stockpile, okay, but I'm, I'm waiting on an order. Yeah, at some point we're going to get down to the point where it's like, what do you use instead of toilet paper? I have a couple old FS1 t-shirts. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Speaking kidding. I'm just which, kidding. That's where Katie and I met. We were both part of the OG crew of Fox Sports 1. The one for that fun. That purple dress, Julie. I still remember That's it. still also the photo I that use purple all the dress. time. So As you should. Mine's me holding an Emmy. It's like, okay, lady, okay. we get it. You won something nice. Once. It one time. I was wondering what the over-under was of you bringing up the Emmy in this interview, and it was the I've A lost block, two. So. I've lost more than I've won, so well, I'll drink, though, if that's I what you're saying I have to do. I lost a local New York TV Emmy this year, and it was really tough because no one cares about those, so if you lose the thing mm -hmm. that's, like, not really that big a deal, that's... I think you just don't tell anyone that. I told everybody that I was dumb. I okay, was like, I'm right. nominated. Yeah, it, it, it was tough. So. Well, you know what? That's their loss, and they'll make. They won't make the same mistake no, next I'm year. No, I'm gonna tell put the local them. New York Emmys on my spite list, which is growing day by yeah. day, because that's what we do in quarantine. Yes. Okay, we got yes. a lot to get to with Katie. We got to take our first time out on the program, but we are drinking a bink and Katie Nolan. Always late with Katie Nolan. More next. Hi, I'm Roman Rojas, and on the first episode of the Roman Rojas podcast, I talked to my friend Danilo Alvarez about how a night of fun and partying in Cali, Colombia, ended up with him being kidnapped, along with his girlfriend Geraldine, and how they were able to get out of this horrible situation. Join me every week in my conversations with people that have incredible stories to tell. Subscribe to the Roman Rojas podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. JSB here drinking and binking with the one and only Katie Nolan. And we were mentioning our FS1 days where we met. I have to tell you, I just remembered this today, but when we started at the company, you were in New York, I was in LA, and our bosses wanted me and Molly McGrath, who worked there at the time, to Love take her. you out when you came to LA to like convince you to move there. And I was thinking like that That's was their right. best play. They're like, we'll get Julie and Molly to take Katie Nolan to a Dodgers game and it'll be we'll seal the deal with that. Look, it was the closest anyone came to convincing me. We went to that Dodgers game. I got a Dodger dog. I figured out what Waze was for the yeah. first time because we used it to get there. It we'll took us a you very in traffic long way. on the 101 and you'll yeah, love it, it here. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think this is right, but uh, yeah, that was a, it was an interesting experience. I don't remember most of it because I think we got pretty yeah, yeah, drunk. Yeah, we, we had a chauffeur. But now you are this iteration of your show, Always Late with Katie Nolan. It is great. I mean, I've taken so much inspiration from you and what you do in comedy and what you do with comedy and sports. And so now you're doing it in quarantine. What is it like doing a <sighs> show now and also... What have you maybe learned from like a different layer of creativity when you don't have all the bells and whistles? I think like it's it's been interesting on a, on a number of levels. On one level, uh, we're usually the show that talks about everything outside of the actual sports happening. But now that there's no sports happening, everyone's doing that. And so it's all of a sudden this crowded <laughs> space that used to be just me at my network alone wanting to talk about the crazy things. And now kind of everybody's doing it. So that's that's been a challenge trying to make something that like not everybody else is making or come up with even more creative ideas than what, you know, like SportsCenter 
whoever else is coming up with. Um, it's also been tough because when there's nothing coming in, when there's no input, it's hard. It's harder for me, at least, for to make output. So I've been trying to like overload myself with watching things I think are funny or interesting mm. or creative. That way, my brain will feel like there's more stuff bouncing around in here because no sports are happening except Korean baseball. Shout out to them. Um, but it's you know it's been a challenge. I'm sure you know. It's just tough when you're not feeling as happy as you would like to to be happy. But I also think that you know my my love for comedy and the things that I you know loving to make people laugh was born from being not a genuinely or mostly happy person so I think like in this stuff in this heap of garbage that we're currently in like there is great opportunity for comedy you just have to dig a little bit harder to find it so it's been a it's been difficult we haven't been crushing it but uh as we become more adjusted to it it's becoming like okay i understand what's being asked of me now so let's go right do yeah it. it becomes more of or a norm try. but i even just watching your show with cj mccollum and you're doing the jokes the headline jokes just from your own living room and i love seeing that too and like it's so yeah. tough. It's tough because, like, that's what I used to do. That's how I started doing this, which is why it's weird now after getting used to... Like, I used to film YouTube videos with nobody in the room with me, and now I got used to camera crew and producers, so now going back to doing it alone, I'm not good at it anymore. I'm like, huh, <laughs> this is what you used to do. So I'm, like, relearning how to do a thing. It's like putting diapers back on. I'm like, wait, what? This is so weird. Yeah, but then it's good. You're exercising that muscle, right? Because then I'm sure... You mentioned sure. just, like, it's sometimes hard to get up to do this stuff, especially right now. Like, I feel that way, too. And it's, you know, people kind of expect us and everyone to just be, oh, productive. Like, all right, let's, let's take on all these tasks. Let's do all this stuff. But we are right. dealing with a lot of different mental health issues. And you've been very open mm -hmm. about mental health mental health awareness. I really appreciate that too. I, you know, tweet about my therapist, different things like that. Um, where are you right now with like how you're dealing with mental health and also how you're dealing with it as it pertains to like trying to still do a show every day? The tough thing for me is that when I go to a dark place, what I normally do is I isolate, I self-isolate. So this is sort of um, it's like mimicking my own way of coping, but it's also being forced on me. So it's like this really weird world where I wasn't in, I was doing all right, right before it started. And now I'm, my body is like, oh, muscle memory, you're isolated, which means that you're depressed. And so there's like these little things that keep happening that I have to kind of consciously pull myself out of. And I'm not great at it. Like I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm slipping up on self-care every now and then because it feels really indulgent when you're home all the time and you're never wearing pants to like take care of yourself or treat yourself but I just try to remind myself that like everyone's going through something don't compare your struggle to others but acknowledge your own struggle and like you know do what you can to make yourself feel better because that's you know all we have right now we have no idea how long we're stuck in this for that's probably the, the weighing the heaviest on my anxiety it's like if there were a, a date I could be like okay right. I got three more weeks I could start to transition in that last week to getting back to wearing pants and going out into the world but just knowing that at any day now it could be like you're back to work the regular way is, is making it really difficult to plan so I found myself getting pretty anxious about that I'm trying to meditate for like the 50th time mm -hmm in my life Same. I'm trying to be the person that can sit and silently let their thoughts pass by like cars on a street it's very hard for me because I want to I have ADD so I grab onto yes. every thought that passes by um, but I'm, I'm working on it my boyfriend's really into meditation he's been helping me giving me techniques and breathing so things good. and Maybe I'll get good at it eventually. This might be, I've, you know, I've used the quarantine to try to get good at winged eyeliner. I this was has just been my goal. Say, it's not your, there yet. Your eyes mm -hmm. are fantastic. Like the makeup that you've been I appreciate doing. I, I was just sitting here so looking much. at it and I was like, wow. It's, I've been, so I've been forever been like, you've got to figure out, you're, in, you're a 33 year old woman. You have to figure out how to wing your eyeliner properly. And now I've got all this time. So I'm like, let me try. I'm still not thrilled with it, but it looks uh, like we're getting the there. Instagram I'm working on that in meditation. Almost like it's done. <sighs> I was just looking at Julie. it and like, wow, it's so, and also looks so effortless, like the, the look. Yes, effortless it's like effortless is the look we're going like, for, so I appreciate it. I mean, it. the amount of, like, fake hair in my head is, is a lot. It's like all that. Anyway, um, but yeah, thank well, you. I appreciate fantastic. that. I, I like that those messages with mental health, and I think that that's important. Everyone's thinking, like, oh, you have to do this and create this and do this and la, la, la. And it's like, no, no, oh. no. We, let's just try to get by. You don't. Let's just try to stay safe. Get by. Um, 
get by, be happy, be healthy. That's it. Those are your goals. Don't you don't have to write the next great American novel. You just have to survive. I feel like no one's gonna like. I I wonder if this time is just gonna be forgotten when we get back to whatever that world is. When everyone's like, well, that was weird. I don't know what happened. I don't care if you got a million TikToks. Like we gotta now start on the rest of the world right now. Anyway, um, whatever that like. If you you had a joke on your shows where it's like, oh, that's funny. There's an about a next year. What was it like on the draft with with Trevor Lawrence? I like that point. Yeah, I was like, they, they, yeah, they predicted he'd go first, and I was like, oh, they're predicting a next year. Yeah, that's year. good. That's, that's interesting. I do want to ask you more about uh, comedy and and jokes and whatnot, but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back for more Katie Nolan uh, on drinks. So thanks. Let's go, baby. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, cause they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We are sipping on a couple of brewskis with Katie Nolan from ESPN. Always late with Katie Nolan. Sports, the podcast, she does it all. And I found Katie to be an inspiration for me into the world of comedy because I never really had done this before. Even seeing you do it was like, oh, that's cool. A woman doing sports comedy. I kind of like want to try that. And I was always curious, like you were sort of one of the first to really lean into that well. And who was, who was that person for you? Like, what, who did you see that you're like, I kind of want to do that thing? Um, first of all, that's the sweetest thing in the it world. It is true. You're it the is very best. true. And I've loved, when I saw that you were doing stand-up, I was like, yeah, Julie. So we'll talk yeah. about it off the show, but I want to yeah, know how all great. of that's going. Um, my, the person for me uh, was Michelle Beadle. I grew up loving sports. I grew up, um, you know, I'd watch Sports Center in the morning, the highlights and stuff, but I didn't ever watch the sports programming that was on ESPN TV, which is so weird because now I have to know it like the back of my hand because it's my job. But, like, I, I never watched it because it just didn't feel like it was for me it was very like guys being guys and it was like okay I don't want to watch that and then I remember I was uh, like 18 boyfriends ago I was at my boyfriend's house and I was working on my YouTube videos that I was scripting and uh, he was watching ESPN and uh, Sports mm. Nation was on I had never seen it and uh, and it was when it was Beatle and Colin Coward and she made some sort of joke that was something about the Kardashians and sports and I laughed out loud and uh, my boyfriend was like I don't get it and I was like, oh my God, this woman is making this TV for me. She doesn't care that you don't get the joke. She's making it for me. So it kind of opened up for me the idea that this was a possibility, that like a woman could go on sports TV and make a joke that, you know, would not speak to who I've always thought mm-hmm. their audience was and instead would speak to anybody that was watching that it spoke to. And so I, I don't think I never, I ever would have known that that was something I could do. And then once I did and, and the opportunities came up, I was like, oh yeah, Beatle does it. Yeah, so I she can do has it. been fantastic for obviously you and so many other women. I miss seeing her on TV. I miss seeing just like her pizzazz and energy. And um, I'd be curious though, like, how did you learn? What was sort of the process of you learning how to to do comedy, like to tell jokes or or to write sketches and that kind of stuff? The only thing I ever had going for me as a kid was that I was funny. And I get it from my mom. My mom's always joking. And my brother, I have an older brother who's three years older than me. And so, like, that was how I communicated was to make people laugh. Because, like, when I started doing the videos that I would do on YouTube, which I did for two years before I started at Fox, um, it was, like, it's something that I was asked to do by a company I was writing blogs for. And I told them there was no way because I didn't know how to do it. Uh, And they were like, yeah, but we'll pay you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll do it. Um, and that like first few, it was a video every single day and it was supposed to be like weekend update style. So it was, uh, a, the first few weeks were like this crash course in like, okay, take the news, find the punchline, say it, and then 
do the next one. And so uh, doing that every single day for two years, by the end of it, it was like, oh, yeah. I know where the punchline is in this. It was just this weird, like, you do it enough times and you're like, oh, I got it. Uh, you have to work through all the, like, mm -hmm. did I just write that punchline yesterday? Is this exactly like the one right before it? Um, and then it just kind of became like this automatic thing. That, I mean, it's still very hard to do. And there's times where you just stare. I'm sure you know this. You just stare at a headline and you're I like, know. I know it's there. And you move the words around and you change a couple prepositions and you're like, I can't get it to land properly. But I mean, I think that stuff's yeah, fun. Yeah, so what is, I mean, what's it like now? Like for your show, like how do you, when you're going through sports news, like what's sort of your process with that? When I first started having a show that other people worked on, the hardest thing for me was like letting other people do stuff because I just, I mean, I, I came up filming myself, editing myself, you know, writing everything I ever said. And so it was really hard to be like, yeah, you do this part so that I can, you know, focus on this other part. It was very, very hard for me. Um, but I, I kind of forced myself to do it. Now I'm at this point where I've got this team, they're great. Uh, we have this Google Doc where we'll just throw every headline we see. Um, and then anybody from my staff, there's like seven of us, we can hop in and write a punchline if you think of one or like if you have a downtime during the day, you're just like, oh, let me look at yeah. headline punchline and see what we got in there. And then, you know, most times it'll just be an amalgamation of like, oh, this person said this punchline, right. but I like the way this person phrased it. So we'll like kind of mush it together. But it's just like a, a big fun group party inside of a Google Doc. You know, Doc. it's, it's cool kind of funny that you say that. Well, I also, yes, on that note, uh, with my ADD will drink this beer too mm. is when we were doing call it a night which is just dark right now which is like another show I have that is the process that we mm -hmm. had with a Google Talk and we have a head writer Dan Carroll who would lead the ship of sort of all right, these are some of the ideas we have, but then everyone would jump, would be able to jump in. So it's almost like a writer's room, I think, because then, you know, you're start, even if yeah. we like started like joking about something or like some, you know, something would pop up on your phone about something happened in, in the news and then people kind of start like joking around. You're like, this is good. Like the more people kind of helping you come to these, because as, as you've mentioned, and now you have that muscle in your brain, but writing topical jokes is very difficult. And when I did stand up and then, a very different type of comedy. I was like, oh, cool, I did stand-up. Mm -hmm. I, I can now write topical jokes. It was like, and I, I texted you, I think, the first day of my show. I'm like, how do I do this? Like, how do I write a topical joke? You're like, sit there. But, I, I mean, I watched your show. I was like, look at Julie go with your little over-the-shoulder. I was like, hell yeah, get it. Like, it's just a thing you, you know now that you just have yeah. to try it a bunch. I did the opposite. I was writing topical jokes every day, and somebody's like, you should do stand-up. And I took a stand-up class, which I'm now like, where? Why? Like what, it, you, you I should did not just know you go did this. to. It was. Uh, this was before Fox. This was. Um, I was probably a year. This was probably like 2014 in Boston, and I took a class at uh, imp, not yeah Improv Boston uh, with Dana J. Bine, who's a great guy. Uh, and I, and I took it, and I was like, I don't. I had so many questions. I was like, how do you know when something's a short joke versus when it's like this long thing that you go on? And it, he was like, well, I can't answer those questions. You have to answer those yourself. I'm like, then why the hell am I here? Uh, and I did my stand-up set after yeah, that because yeah. it culminates in this big stand-up set, which you know. And I, bom I just bombed. I forgot my jokes halfway through. And instead of just saying anything funny, I was like, well, you guys are at a stand-up showcase. You knew this was going to happen. But I don't remember what I was going to say next. And nobody That's laughed. That's like, But people have, you know, people so know that at those was, showcases. It's... Yeah, and so that's what I was banking on. But now uh, I date a stand-up comedian, and like I watch him doing his job, and I'm like, you—it's just—it's. He hates saying that it's an art, but I'm like, what you do is yeah. incredibly impressive. Your ability to know when something is like how to lead from one of your jokes to the next one, or how to make sure you don't go too long without a big laugh—it's just like this. I love it. I mean, I watch stand-up comedy religiously, but I will never, ever That's try interesting, it yeah, because I'm sure you get asked about it a ton because the fact that you do jokes on your show if you're, like, going to get on stage in that regard. But there's so many different forms of comedy. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious, maybe, you don't have to go into your relationship, of course, but what's maybe one thing that you've learned by seeing your boyfriend do comedy and write it that maybe you could take into your own job? 
Yeah, that's so funny because our, our first date, he was like, I want to take you out to dinner and then I want to hang out after, but I do have to go do a set. And so I was like, yeah, oh my God, I would love to come watch you do a set. And just watching him, I was like, I, there's so much that I can take from it that helps me. That's like, you know, the thing about stand-up is you'll just get up a bunch and try it. And then the next time you get mm. up, you try it a, a different way. And then you try it a, a different way. And then you get to this point where you're like, this is the perfect version of this joke. And you can't do that when you're just doing one show a week and you just have to have the best version of your joke. So it's led to me uh, in that Google Doc being like, you know, rewrite the headline mm. in a little bit of a different way. Try it a bunch of different ways. And then what I'll do is I'll read them out loud with the staff. And you almost, I mean, you're waiting to see their reactions, but you also know when you say yeah. it. You're like, yeah, that's the one. And then everybody will agree on which one's the one. So I sort of like test it with my team before we go take it to air. Whereas before I'd be like, I don't want to read these out loud until I'm on air because I don't, I'm not as good at telling a joke the second time as I am the first. But what I've learned from watching him is that like the joke won't get better unless you try mm. it every way you can. And you know, we can't try it every way, but it's just like treating it more like a right, fluid I love thing that. Just tweaking thing. it and trying to figure out some words or numbers have different make people laugh in different ways it's odd science but speaking of that yeah we are going to play a little game um that i think will probably be pretty awkward and weird but we'll see what that's like when we come back after this quick timeout. drinking and binking with katie nolan Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We are drinking and binking with Katie Nolan from ESPN. And let's take a little wet the palate first. Mm. I could fill for well, you so you can take a sip. I feel bad. You're doing yeah. talking, so you can't drink, but you, oh, it's, I can help you I, out. I've, I've figured out a way. Smart. But we were just talking about your career and foray into comedy and joke writing. And I started a show this year where I kind of got to flex those muscles or exercise them. I wouldn't say flex them and try to, try to use them in some regards. So I thought it would be fun if we did almost like a weekend update type of thing where Colin Jost and Michael Che sort of at the end of their weekend updates, they like to write jokes for the other person to tell. So I thought like I would write you three jokes about Boston mm -hmm. because you love Boston, you're from Boston, and have you write me three jokes about Canada because I'm from Canada and I love Canada. I love how it's a city and a You know country, what? It's fine. There may be some jokes that are about specifically where thing. you're from. We'll see. We'll find okay. out together. All right. We'll see I upped that. the ante, um, though. I said we should do shots based on who had the... Is it who yes. wrote the worst? You decide the rules, but I think there should be a shot yeah, to the so loser. I think... Yes, a, sh a shot to the loser is, is another interesting layer to this because uh, we will decide. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll both do shots. I just want an excuse to yeah, do shots. I'm so tired. Okay, I love that you want to do shots. This is great. I love this. Okay, so guys, we've never seen these jokes before. Like, I have them on my phone. I've, I, my producer gave me the ones that Katie wrote. We just my got producer them. Gave, gave Katie the ones I wrote. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Katie go first. Okay. And you read a joke that you I wrote, wrote about Boston, that I wrote this and then I'll, and then Boston. after okay. that you'll do the one I wrote for you. Okay, yeah. here we go. First joke. I'm just gonna cold read it, so if I emphasize words yeah. wrong, I can redo it. But here we go. <laughs> Many are speculating that Tom Brady left New England because he was tired of doing things the Patriot way, and who can blame him? At 41, dumping tea in the harbor every night has to get old. Oh, God. It's a tea party it's joke. So, I get it. I get it. He's now a red coat. I, I don't know that man. I don't know Tom Brady. Who is that? <laughs> Thought I'd go in the history Perfect. vein, right? Crushed it. Great. I'm going to okay, be doing a shot, I think. You. I'm really glad about that. Okay, this is from Katie. 
As many in the U.S. anxiously await the return of their major sports leagues, the NHL seems poised for the biggest challenge with seven of the league's 31 franchises located across the border in Canada. If the Canadian teams can't get in, they should just call it the playoffs. Okay, great. Thanks so much. <laughs> I like that. All right, I'm going to toast to you, man. That was good cheers, because it's cheers. also pretty true. Love a hockey even joke. Though, even though history in Boston is also totally. true as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Oh, wait, are we doing shot? I thought we were doing shot tequila, okay, no? fine. Yeah, get a... We'll both okay. do it. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dog is judging me. She's like, what are you doing? The sun's still out. She's like, who is this bad person named Julie? Okay. All right. Your turn. Oh, that's right. Okay, let me get my phone. Uh, okay, next joke. Wait, I have four. You have four here. Wait, four. wait, wait. No, no, no. There's just a little ad. Don't look at the left. Okay, all right. Keep going, yeah. Instead of working out every morning, Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts has been playing Fortnite. Other gamers have been suspicious that he's been calling Alex Cora for the cheat codes. Hey, the investigation found... I think it found yeah. that he was guilty. Yeah, yeah no, the you're investigation right. you're fine. was a little bit late. You're fine. I feel like there's a lot more um, jokes to write about Boston than there are about, you know, Regina, Saskatchewan. But yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. That writes itself. Yeah, so that's yeah, you're easy, not to be honest. You're not wrong. Although, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's... It's hard to pick which team to talk about mm. as cheaters in Boston. Mm. Okay, like, Julie, why don't you read your next are joke? The Red Sox, why don't you read your next too? joke? And, okay, all right. <laughs> next up, four men in Regina are being charged after an alleged altercation outside of a co-op refinery. Four bad men in my Regina being charged? Sounds like my business model. Hey. Okay, that was real low. You're a prostitute is what also, I meant. Also, thank you. I'll do you a shot. somehow know about my previous work experience. <laughs> I'm pouring the shot. I'm doing It's fine. <laughs> cheers. Oh, cheers. Yeah, okay. All right. There you go. Take that one stiff, baby. Just like my Regina. Oh, Julie! Ooh, good yeah, tag. Yeah, we're on fire. A okay. good tag. <laughs> you you assisted on it. I'll give you the apple. Okay. okay. Next one. Last All one. Right. Last one. Wait. No. Uh, you get you get. That's your third one, and then I'll do one, and then I have one more for okay. you. Okay. Okay. Patriots draft pick. Oh God, as if I know how to say his name out loud. Roarwasser. Whatever. So. Justin Roarwasser has been heavily criticized for his tattoo. <sighs> that allegedly symbolizes <laughs> symbolizes a white supremacy group. The criticisms did not come from Southie. Hmm. Historic Whoa. racism. Love Historic that. Historic racism love it so much. and Boston. Mm. They're just shaking hands. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, though, your Look how red this now. one ear is getting as opposed to this ear. Two different colors. That's that's what it's like. You're drinking that. in your 30s. Your thing, right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, but yes, uh, we always we always put the alleged. Allegedly, yep. it helps save lives. Yeah, you know, um, of course. Ours included. Okay. Justin Trudeau is being lauded for his response to the coronavirus, which stands in stark contrast to Trump's mishandling of the pandemic in the States. I'd like to take this moment to say that I, Julie Stewart Banks, celebrate all the times Trudeau has stood in stark contrast. Wee! Oh, that is Wee! rough! That's really controversial Whoa. that you would say that. What a stance you just took. I really don't think that's good for your career. If you had not had that picture, I'd have been like, what is Boom, she talking that's great. about? No, I got the picture. Take the shot, it. Julie. Take okay. the shot. Okay, well, to be Take honest, that's shot. not really as bad as what your guy's done, but what's for conversation Oh, God, for I mean, we're not day. comparing. We're just saying jokes, and I don't know who the president is because I work at ESPN. <laughs> All right, you want me to I read this it. last button? Yeah, this is it. This is the, uh, this the, the big finish. Okay. okay. All jokes aside, of course, even though Tom Brady isn't a New England Patriot anymore, we still have one thing in common. We both left Boston. I'm not saying this. Do it. We both left Boston because it sucks. Boom! Boom! Roasted! Love it! It's Katie, a I fine cannot believe city. you would say that about Boston. That it's is really rough. It's a fine city. It's wow. really a fine city. Some of us stand for Boston, others of us stand for blackface. Which side do you want to be on, America? Okay, that is... I take real offense to that. I'm not saying sorry for that, okay? Sorry! 
All right, this was a lot of fun. This was actually way less um, worrisome than I thought it would be, other than <laughs> the final joke you made me read. Uh, okay, thank you, Katie. That was great. I think we should do this. Keep going. We still have more on the show. So don't go anywhere, folks. We've had a couple of shots and beers, so this should be great. We getting drunk. GEICO knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that GEICO always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey guys, welcome on back. Drinks with Things with Katie Nolan. Always late with Katie Nolan on ESPN. And you, Katie, have, you have a lot, we all know, I sound like a real stalker here. I'm like, we You're know not. what teams You're you follow. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> I know, thanks. It's so nice. Um, I'm, you're my friend, too. I miss um, you. I just want to hug you I right know, now. I know, I know. Well, we'll I'm like, also drunk, but I just we'll, want to give you a we'll big hug. We'll hug from across the Hudson yes. River right now. It's like one of these. Uh, and speaking of hugging, I know that you are a fan of the U.S. Women's National Team. And even as a Canadian, I... I really enjoy the team. I think they're amazing role models. I think they are. They're like demigods. And I say that, I think that holds weight as like a non-American. Yeah, for sure. So myself. But you, like, where did your affinity, like, where did your sort of like friendship and affinity for them start? Well, I always, uh, soccer was always this sport that like eluded me. I know when we first became friends, I was like, tell me everything you know about soccer. I remember Because I was like, I was being, I, I would make jokes about like oh this thing nobody watched sounds like a soccer match like because soccer in the U.S. is I mean everybody's talked about it on every yeah. show but it's just like it hasn't taken off the way that it has internationally and so it was always the punchline of a joke and I you know once I started this job and I realized oh I have to care about every team not just Boston that was my first realization my second was like I gotta like sports that I, I didn't like before and I know people who have jobs out there are listening to this and being like that is the tough part of your job is you had to like other sports but it was just like I had to find I needed to get it's in soccer no, it's I had to true, get its hooks though. in me yeah. I've tried to love soccer and I was like I, I, it didn't do it for me I needed something to get me and uh, and Fox had the Women's World Cup um, I don't actually do I don't know if they had it but I went to it in Canada yeah, that yeah. year that, I worked that one yeah 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I got to go and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take the trip to Canada, like whatever. And I, I ended up having this incredible time and like falling in love with these women because they are this weird mix of incredible on the field but also incredible off the field. Like an interview with any of them, we had a, we had Sydney LaRue, Kelly O'Hara, uh, and Alex Morgan. I got to do like a press junket with them and I met the three of them and I was like, these women are cool yeah. because I know you know this and we're not going to name names, but sometimes you get an interview with an athlete and you're like, eh, yeah, like they were fine, but they gave me a lot of like, you know, we gave 110% that day and you're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're like, I want to murder women, myself. Yeah. It's sort of like in any career, women know that they've got to do a little bit more for you to give a shit. Can I say that? For you mm -hmm. to care at all. So it's like they were so good at interviews and they were so entertaining and all like really unique, but all interesting. And uh, and so after like that was the first time I was like, maybe I don't hate soccer was because <laughs> of them. And then now I've become this like huge Liverpool supporter. We're like us being in a position where we were about to I win. I know, man. I'm this is a real it's, tough time and, for and like, you guys. I, like, I appreciate the I'm sorry. I also know that in terms of Liverpool fans, I'm the like youngest in like terms of yeah, fandom. Yeah, but you still watch the matches. Like I, I see watched, your Twitter I, feed. Like you're you're dialed in. 
If something can wake me up at 8 a.m. on a weekend, it means I love it and I would die for for it because I don't wake up before 11, even on weekdays. So like I fell in love with Liverpool, but I could not have loved Liverpool and Mo Salah if I did not have the U.S. Women's National Team. And like I I met Megan Rapinoe right before the World Cup. She was so nice. And then like watching her in the World Cup and now having her phone number in my phone, I still, if I get really drunk and I want to impress people because I'm like, like, oh my god look I'm like look who's in my phone it's just like the <laughs> coolest they're the nicest most down-to-earth people I adore them and they're also elite at mm-hmm. their sport like absolutely incredible to watch and really fun and I just think that like people women's sports get a lot of flack because they're women but I think that like in terms of athletes female athletes are such interesting interviews because they have the experience that the male athletes have but they also know they've got to be good they can't just say they don't want to do interviews they have to want to do that and like i just love talking to them they're my favorite people and i hope that someday they'll call me their friends because i call them my best friends definitely do i don't know it's it's tough i sometimes i text them and they're like why are you texting me no because they would think you're cool too like i'm sure that Uh, you know they um, but they have they are such pillars of inspiration for for, you know, not even just women, for men, for anyone. Like, they're so cool. That's just, like, I think they're just... They're, and they're, they're dealing unique, with, like, like, this big political thing, not just, like, actual politics, but, like, the the fight for equal pay. And, like, you'll find all these people that are really adamantly against equal pay, and they have no good reason to. They're just mad because, like, women don't, don't have as many eyeballs on the sport. Like, I did a WNBA monologue where we just broke down what they were asking for, a percentage of the pie the same percentage of the bigger pie that men have. And I've not stopped getting hate mail about it. It was all factually accurate, but people get very fired up when you say women deserve more money. It's like this weird thing that everyone's very comfortable. It's like foot fetishes on the internet. Everyone's very comfortable being vocal about it. And it's like, maybe you should be quiet for a second and like let us fight for what we want. They see it as like a negative toward them versus just like being equal towards It's a negative towards a league. Like we do this weird thing in sports sports fans always take the side of the league and it's like the league is a conglomerate they're huge huge billion dollar like corporation and for some reason we're like well they've got to be smart with their money it's like no they don't give it to people I know so one I mean like what would you say then during this time I know your network has relationships with U.S. soccer but you have relationships with the team like how do you feel about them you know, sort of losing their equal pay fight. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it sucks. I think it's like, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll see a a problem, uh, this person versus this person, and it goes to court and in, for court reasons, it loses. Um, you see it a lot with domestic violence where it's like, well, Greg Hardy's charges against him were dismissed. And it's like, yeah, zoom in though. Greg Hardy was found guilty by a jury. And then because of the way North Carolina's, uh, laws work, he could appeal to a judge. And then, uh, the, the woman who was charging him was unable to be found. And that's why he was you know what I mean like if you zoom in on any problem it's like the reason that it was dismissed or that person didn't get condemned forever is because of this weird language of courts like the way Mm -hmm. they speak in court I know we all watch law and order it's not the same it's like it's this weird it's very confusing and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff just lost and I think that like the women losing that fight uh, knowing them does not mean they're giving up that fight. Yeah, I think they're going appeal. to keep trying. Right, of course. Uh, absolutely. And they should. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think a lot of people think that they're like, pay us tons of money. They have won way more World Cups than the men. Uh, they they work, I don't know, it's just a the lot. The men it's support very, them, too. Like, the. Yeah, and, like, and that said, yes. was. People, you can't you can't underestimate how big that is. I remember reading an interview with Doris Burke, who I absolutely worship, uh, talking about how much it mattered to her that like Steve Kerr and LeBron like endorse her. And she's like, I, I don't want to say that I, I need the endorsement of men, but the endorsement of men goes really far with other it men. Does. And like the fact that these men took a stand when they didn't have to, to say she's good, she's okay. Like you see that pay off now. You've seen the narrative on Doris Burke change and it sucks that it's like a man has to say it's like, okay oh, for it's it to so, be okay. Oh, cool. Now we can respect but it, it. But no, it means a anyone lot. Anyone who's fought this fight knows mm-hmm. at some point you've got to have a man 
man or like a, a tastemaker in the male world endorse you and say you're good and then it it'll catch on and so uh i think the women are going to keep fighting that fight i hope they do i've texted them and been like if there's anything i can do yeah let me know. I think we're all ready to take up arms for this fight. But, I mean, they're just asking for what they deserve. Mm -hmm. I agree. And before we go to break, do you have a specific person in mind that was that person for you in terms of, like... Peter Schrager, mm -hmm. actually. Like, I was going to think about it, and then I was like, no, it's immediate. I remember Peter Schrager came to do a, uh, a test episode of CGW. Crowd goes wild, sorry. And, um, <laughs> and he, on it, I asked him a question that I had, like, written myself about the Patriots. And he said, what a fantastic question, Katie. And in that moment, again, test episode, before we ever went to air, my first time on TV, I went... I do belong here. And it was the first time I thought that. And I've, I've let him know that every time I, I think to let him know. I'll text him now. Like, he, he really made me feel like I belonged here. And weirdly, I needed that. And I appreciate it so I much. I love that. He's That's huge. Especially before your show launches, having just, like, someone in your corner during that. So Yeah, And totally. he's hilarious and does his job the best. very well. He's the all best. All over the place. Okay, we have to take a time out. We have more to come with Katie Nolan. Don't go anywhere. We're drinking and banking. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Hey guys, welcome on back to Drinks with Thinks. We are drinking with the one and only Katie Nolan. Always late with Katie Nolan, ESPN, Sports the Podcast. And You can see me getting more drunk as this episode yes, goes yes. on. I'm, I'm glad that everyone at ESPN can just see my impact on your life and career is to just mm -hmm. get you and ask you a whole bunch of questions about, actually, I was going to ask them, you about them and also our old workplace, but you have... You've had national shows on, well, you've had your own show on two national networks. What is the biggest difference between doing your own show on Fox Sports 1 and ESPN? Uh, I think the biggest difference is Fox Sports 1, I was with them from day one. Like it was, uh, they were about to launch, I started working there, and then we launched. You as well, you understand that. Uh, ESPN, and that was my first time in TV, so it was like kind of an interesting world of working at a company who was doing it for the first time. Obviously, Fox Sports had existed, but like launching mm -hmm. this Fox Sports 1 ESPN competitor, uh, doing my first time at the very beginning of their network versus going to the oldest, like the worldwide leader, the known property as like the new person there with a little bit of experience under my belt. Um, FS1's obviously a smaller network. Um, also, I'm based in a city where a bunch of people at ESPN are, mm -hmm. whereas with FS1, I was like the lone New York personality once Crowd Goes Wild got canceled. Uh, I think that like, there's a lot of differences um, you know, a lot. Also, I'm still learning what networks are. Like, you know, when you go to your first new job after your very first job in an industry, mm -hmm. where you're like, is this how television networks are, or is this how this television network is? And so, uh, there have been a couple things I've figured out are like, oh, it's specific to that one, and this one's specific to this one. Uh, but most of the things are like, oh no, that's just how networks right, run. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a, it was. I'm more hands-on at ESPN in terms of knowing people that are higher up 
in like a gotcha. daily basis because I'm in New York. Um, but I also feel like I know less about the company because there's so many more people that work there. Whereas Fox was like, you knew everybody that was someone's like, I worked with you at Fox. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I know. Right? But I can have somebody tell me I work with you at ESPN. And I'm like, I feel so guilty. I, I don't know you. I've never interacted with you. It's a huge, huge company. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically the main difference. I can see those two. And then, I mean, you have your own show on arguably the biggest sports network in the world, which would be many people's dream job. What is now your dream job? Remember when they first taught you what goals were in like elementary school or middle school and they were like every week you should set goals and then every month and then every year and I knew a bunch of people who did that. I've never been that person. I've been like, I don't know what I want at the end mm. of this week. I don't know what I want at the end of this year. I'm very bad at goal setting. Uh, I've always just been like, this opportunity comes, be the best I can possibly be at this opportunity. And if I can't, don't like move on from it, fail fast, go on to something else. And so my life has kind of just been like a company asked me to do videos and I said, yeah. okay, I'll try it. And then I made it as good as I could, moved on to the next thing. And so like, I recognize I have a dream job, but I never sat in my house and was like, one day I'll work at ESPN and have my own show. So if I, ha if you ask me now and I had to answer, I would say like, God, I would love to be the Jimmy Kimmel of some network um, as I, I didn't mean to do that as I'm wearing I his sweatshirt that. but like I would love to have a late night show mm -hmm. I would love to host it I think hosting shows is like an underrated talent that's like tough to do and I, I'm still pretty bad at it but it's something that I've like I've put in work and I've got to like recognize that I've I, ha I have experience now yeah. I still feel like it's my first day and I have experience I would love to host a late night show but I also know TV's gonna change so much in the next however many months or years so who knows if it'll even exist I would just like to be great at whatever I do I love that I mean wow that's an incredible answer after we've had a lot of booze and so I find booze. that very inspiring God too damn. because even as someone with not as much experience as you in this thing yes you have I yes, you would have. like to also do a late night show someday which is like crazy town talk but when I've told people oh I like I want to do kind of the sports comedy thing the a lot of people say oh well, Katie Nolan already does that I'm like no. that's cool that's great she's inspired me but that's not to say that like Conan and nobody Fallon says that to Kenny Kimmel. Maine right exactly nobody says oh I want to do the sports news thing oh well somebody else already does that there can be plenty it's a weird thing you've got to unpack in your own brain world is that like you're okay with multiple men being exactly the same but when a woman tries to do the same thing as another woman it's like we have one already and like we've talked about this before but like this generation of women in sports media is really focused on like there's mm -hmm. room for all of us whereas generations before us might have felt like we've got to fight each other right but like it's really important to me I know you have to go to break but like we've got to make sure that everybody knows there can be eight of us yes. so two of us is not crazy yeah well you've helped with that message so we owe a lot of that to you to be able to put us no. all at the table yeah you called out your our old network for it and it was well, very powerful you, know, uh, you don't owe me anything we keep fighting okay we keep fighting guys we're gonna fight because go. we're to the right to party because we're drunk right. we're gonna fight because we're drunk we gotta go to break we'll be back after this Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Hey guys, welcome on back. We've had an awesome time on Drinks with Banks with Katie Nolan, and we could still get even more drunk because we're tanks and talk. <laughs> but Katie, where can we find all of your awesome stuff next? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Katie Nolan. On Instagram, I'm at Nady Colon. It was a decision I made. Uh, but that's where I don't know what's next for me in terms of ESPN, so just go there and I'll post everything. So check that out. Okay, awesome. That's great. 
this is great drinking with you and I've missed you You got me drunk, Julie. It's like 5.30. That's why I have my own show where I drink on it. So, guys, that was Katie Nolan. Follow her. She's the best. Awesome. And we'll be drinking and banking in quarantine for many more months. So stay safe and stay healthy. Love you guys. Bye, everybody.